back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts, and on over 30 radio stations worldwide. Big shout out to our radio stations that do play the Pop Culture Cosmos and Inside Sports Fantasy Football, which you can catch wherever you get your podcasts as well. I'm going to have the guys from the Lakers Fast Break, Joe Soro and Sean Grice. We're going to record it tomorrow night covering NFL Week 14. So go ahead and join us this week for Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Plus also as well, go ahead and please check out what we're doing each and every time out right there for you at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out Joe Soro, a.k.a. Oxide T47 today. You know they're happy because they're coming to Vegas. The Lakers win. And yes. Joe, don't even start. You're pretty damn loud yourself. On playback, my God, I could hear you all the way from the other side of my house when you were screaming. So go ahead and check us check out Joe Soro as Oxide247 at LakersBall.com. Plus also as well, go ahead and support his company. The Lakers win. The best thing you can do in SoCal area is support Joe by going over to Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com. And buying yourself and treating yourself this holiday season with a brand new lawn. You know, maybe that new lawn might need some, you know, uh, new Christmas designs, things of that nature. You take care of that. Let Joe take care of the new lawn today at Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com. Also, as well, Lakerholics, you know, Laker Tom is probably doing backflips, which is really hard for a 78-year-old guy to do, but he might be doing them. Him and Jamie Sweet, they're going back and forth, I'm sure, with Glee at Lakerholics.com, plus our good friends, of course, Empire Jeff TV, also as well, Lakers in 5, Daniel Berry Sports Highlights, the John McCallion Channel, the Larry Lakers Dribbling Chit Chat, and the Lakers Corner, which we'll talk more about here in a second. Go ahead and support all these channels, and and speaking of supporting channels, go ahead and click on the little Joe with the beady eyes right next to John. Hopefully it's not scaring John too much, but yes, click on the little beady-eyed Joe right next to John Costa today from the Lakers Corner. Go ahead and click on that or like and follow us on Facebook to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. And if you really want a good time during the game, join us. We are uncut, raw. I even dropped an S-bomb during the game. And you know me, I don't like to curse. So I did that. And you can only hear that on playback, playback.tv. Slash Lakers fast break. Well, the Lakers, exactly SC for life. We have no idea. That's what we were saying on playback. But the Lakers came in tonight, quarterfinal matchup. The winner going to Las Vegas to meet up against the New Orleans Pelicans. And the Lakers came out with almost their full squad minus Gabe Vincent. And it showed bringing a defensive effort and intensity unlike anything we have seen all season long causing 10 turnovers in the first quarter on the Phoenix Suns as the Lakers took a lead in the first quarter of 33 to 23, looking dominant, and which is absolutely probably, yeah, it's probably the best quarter that we had all season. But the Lakers, after a so-so second quarter, gave up an early third quarter barrage from the Phoenix Suns. They looked like they had some adjustments that Frank Vogel made through a couple zone matchups against the Lakers that kind of befuddled them. Also, the Lakers just looked a little bit lethargic coming out in third quarter. 
You could say who, well, you could say why. I'll leave it up to you. I know our chat will say the same. But the Lakers, in that fourth quarter, the intensity and the defense for both teams really lit up. And the Lakers, though, with a clutch three from Austin Reeves, gets the Lakers the victory, and they are off to Vegas with a 106-103 victory. But more important to me, as I said on the pregame, is the fact that the Lakers are now in first place in the Pacific Division, and they're also moved up to fourth in the Pacific Division as well. And here today to go ahead and discuss the game and the fact the Lakers are going to Vegas. Great panelists indeed. I'm hoping Magic Man Sean Grice gets over here. And big shout out to Laker Nick. Always great to have him part of our playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break live coverage. First man up, first man here. Good man indeed. It is the guy behind. Ox1947 at LakersBall.com and support him on this great company he works so hard at during the week, Simblades. Simulates with the Y.com. It is Joe Soro. Joe, great to have you here. That is about as good as it gets from a defensive and intensity standpoint from the Lakers. I hope they can duplicate that many, many more times this season. Well, tonight proved the new era of basketball. The last half decade is apparently the primary for all teams. And what I mean by that is the Lakers shot, what was it, uh, 37% from the field. They shot 30% from three. Now, Phoenix was just under 50% from the field and 48% from three. Free throws are pretty much dead even. They're, they both shot around 80%. But here's the, here's, here's the difference. Lakers shot 102 shots tonight i can't i can't remember 100 shots in a game i, I know it's probably happened in this this year but i don't remember seeing it uh to phoenix is 75 so this, the lakers got 27 more shots tonight and the combination of 20 turnovers that was really you know half of those were in the first quarter so that they did you know phoenix kind of Righted that ship and played very, very well. They only had 10 uh, turnovers from second quarter and on. But Sean had mentioned statistics statistics to me earlier today on LeBron's defense, AD's defense, and how good their defensive rating is. And I'm sitting there going, statistics in this day and age have become really useless. We can't gauge anything. AD had a negative one uh, plus minus tonight. And he played outstanding defense. The only issue is we would have put this game away if he had just made some layups. He missed, uh, what was it, 12 shots in the second Three quarter. layups. I think it was more than three layups. It was, it was three. Or six. But in the end, the Lakers played this is two games in a row. They played very, very, very good defense. And for those who were clamoring and begging and screaming for Jared Vanderbilt, apparently uh, you guys might have been right. Getting him into this uh, this team, not only when he's in there, seemed to have, I don't know, reinvigorated their defense in, in a way where even the, when he's not in there, they're, 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 they're effective. Now, the only negative here, guys, is that LeBron played 40 minutes and they were hard minutes. We, as, as much as I, 
I enjoy LeBron doing what he does. I, I, let's not make that a habit. Let's let's hope that he can get down to that 32, 33 minute, you know, average again. But this is a game that I would say I could I could say go ahead and give your full effort on this one. We want on this one. We want to win this one. Going three and zero against Phoenix, getting uh, getting the first place in the division uh, was a nice way to kind of end the night. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 106 to 104 with the also just a really 106 to 103. The Lakers now head to Las Vegas for the semifinal matchup against the New Orleans Pelicans. But also here today, good man indeed. I had a great conversation with him earlier in the show, uh, earlier in the day, excuse me. It is, of course, John Costa from the Lakers corner. Give him a big Lakers fast break welcome. Welcome, John. Great to have you here. I want to go ahead and mention No Limits at the big super chat. I truly appreciate it. He said it wasn't pretty, but one hell of a game. Thank you, Austin Threes. Playback, always fun as hell. And thanks for the stream on that. Yes, we do try to make it as fun as hell as we can, <laughs> especially when Sean is uh, making a joke that him and I are laughing at for quite some time, which is really funny. But great to have you here, John. Welcome. It is truly great to, to see that you've got this great channel going on. Um, but what? I'm seeing the comments in the sorry. Our private comments are really going wild right now. As did far I throw as you off? That's what I was trying to do. Good. Yeah, you did. Good. Good. Well, I, I think you were it. just describing yourself. That's no, what I think you are no, in the private no, chat. I, but no. John, let me ask you this: a very dominant performance in the first quarter. I did not like the adjustments uh, in the third quarter by Ham. Uh, it really, that's where you see the difference in coaching, I think, with Frank Vogel throwing out the zone, throwing off the Lakers entirely, and actually getting the lead. I was very concerned that Ham wasn't going to be able to make the adjustments coming back in the fourth quarter, but they tightened up their defense in the fourth, in the fourth quarter, John, and it paid off in the long run. Absolutely, man. I mean, first of all, I just want to thank all of you guys for you know letting me be able to come on this platform. You know, I love talking to fellow Lakers fans, so so that's 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 always a plus. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, you said it best, and you know, no limit in the right there in the chat said it best. It was not a pretty game, but we got it done. And it it um you know, Joe, you were talking about the fact that you know it was unfortunately heavy LeBron James minutes, and that's you know that that is unfortunate. Uh, but you you have to love to you you love to see when LeBron just turns back the time, turns back the clock, and in that fourth quarter, he was just doing absolutely everything, man. I mean, whether it was playmaking and setting others up, or whether it was him just honestly absolutely dominating and taking over, um, you love you, you love to see it. But then again, you know, like how Joe mentioned on the flip side, it's um it's hard to see um another 40, 40 minutes night by by LeBron, but. The end of the day, man, we're heading to Vegas, and LeBron's trying to add that to his resume, man. He's trying to add the first-time uh, in-season tournament winner, man. So I think that th th this this will be great for Lakers Nation, and I know I know Adam Silver would love to see the Lakers over there in Vegas. Just a great, uh, actually, game. Just just absolutely just a fantastic game. Just cannot thank uh, you enough for stopping by. Great to have you here on a Lakers victory as well. But also here today, good man indeed. He is the madman for Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic, although it was very bad today, as he described it, to go ahead and watch this victory by the Lakers and provide some great infotainment, as he always does on playback. 
It is the Magic Man, Sean Rice. Sean, great to have you here. Your thoughts, my friend, on the game. And also, if you could add on something for me as a favor, please explain why Torian Prince played so much in that second half. Well, first of all, Gerald, I just wanted to say that I did, I, I'll, I'll clean it up, but I did mention that uh, Grayson Allen is a monument to all the spun turds uh, in the world, <laughs> and especially in this state of Arizona, uh, where I heard meth is uh, very popular. He looks like he'd fit right in. Uh Secondly, yeah, I'm wondering the same thing you are, Gerald. Um, it was, I think, the best way to describe Torian Prince's performance in this second half was sketchy. Very sketchy. He looks like he doesn't want to make a mistake defensively, Gerald. So he'll just stay in no man's land and wait until there's a read and react. And he's pretty much behind the eight ball anyway. Uh, it's frustrating, it, and <clears throat> we've talked about this. It looks like it's just going to be a slow burn until he's he's either coming off the bench or possibly out of the rotation altogether. I don't understand it either. That being said, although we didn't get the calls during the game drill, the refs foobarred that game at the end. That At best, that should have been a jump ball. And I understand why the Suns were so upset. Uh, on the other hand, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. We've been on the other end of those. So We were on it tonight. There were several calls that the Lakers didn't get. And there's several, there were several easy no, no calls that should have been made on the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, we've been on the other end of a food bar, Gerald. So the fact that it happened, happened tonight in our favor, I think that's good karma, man. Especially going into Vegas. Now it's now it's on to the Pelicans, and that's that's going to be a really interesting matchup because I'm not I, I think we're going to have to throw multiple looks at uh, at a Zion and uh, CJ offense, so that'll be a good test for a perimeter defense again. But as for tonight, that first half was exemplary defense. the The trap that Rui and AD set for for Book. Uh, just beyond half court there, that was very, very, very well done. And uh, although Vogel adjusted, I thought that uh, AD made a really good uh, heady decision of showing as much as he could, Gerald, in the, in the fourth quarter, especially with Booker running the point and, and uh, trying to recover as quickly as possible. I mean, that that block on Grayson Allen after he showed on the roll like I know there was another great uh, great um, individual uh, performance after that, but that to me shows why he should be defensive player of the year. I know it was still early, but he only Wait, he played matched up on Booker when they when he was out on an island with him. I thought it was absolutely excellent. Very, very, very well done. Hats off to AD. This is Raphael from NBA DraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. If you have a better movie in the can, why is that not the movie that you released in the first place? I would say it's more culturally relevant than The Simpsons and Rick and Morty. Like It has become a staple of American entertainment. 
I think Dragon Age 4 is carrying the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win. Today, heading to Vegas after 106-103 victory. John, I'm going to bring it back over to you. When you see the Lakers play like this, and I know that uh, Doobie and Dante were really high as far as the Lakers when they're all together, talking about how well that they would do when they're all together. And like others out there, it's a, when we get this team together, when we get this team together, well, this team is now almost all together. We start to see the signs. That first quarter is about as dominant a first quarter as you can have over a team that is really, really good in their own right. Your thoughts on where this team can now go and where they could take this momentum after today's victory. Man, you know, one of, one of my first thoughts is like, we got to figure out how we can have that first quarter be that our, our entire season. Like we got to, we got to get rid of these inconsistencies. I mean, in that, in, in that first half, in that first quarter, like we, we were forcing just absolutely uh, we were forcing the Suns into 10 turnovers, which is uh, which they said is most by a team this season in, in the first quarter. But, and then I feel like, we on but coming coming into the second quarter, we only had I think about like an eight point lead when we should have had a lot a, a lot bigger <laughs> a, a lot bigger of a lead. Sorry, you guys. I'm <laughs> sorry. These adolescents that are with me. Uh, no, I'm sorry, children. John. That's my no. that's my fault. I love it. I love the plants. I love the I love the middle fingers. I love it all. But basically, <laughs> sorry, as long John. as you do, no, as long rude. as that you do. I had no. to do it. Sorry. I love it. I love it. But look, man, it's basically is making fun of my house. <laughs> what I what I what I was trying to what I'm trying to get at here is with the Lakers is you know in that in that first half we really played we really played dominant. I love to see um I mean Gerald, we were talking about it earlier. D'Lo was in that playmaker role in in its in, in its prime and like he was getting all these players set up. He was uh, honestly getting AD easy buckets that we talked about earlier. But then again, like, I just don't feel like we were converting on the other end as much as, as much as we should have, like for the Suns to have, again, like a 10 turnover first quarter, we should have really extended that lead, but we couldn't, we couldn't necessarily do that. Uh, We did dominate the glass and just dominated the paint. And when I talk about the inconsistencies, like this is, this is what I mean. Anthony Davis is capable of doing this like every single night, but it seems to be that Anthony Davis, like, picks and chooses like the nights against bad teams or yeah exactly Gerald it's all up here it's in the heart he picks and chooses because I get I guarantee the night when we play like a Joel Embiid or or Jokic not even just because they're the best players AD won't even have that same energy he won't even ha- he won't even be boxing out the same he won't even be as aggressive and like that to me it's like exactly how you said it, Gerald like it's it, it's in the heart and that 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 that's a problem that we really need to get going. And one thing I will say is that this Lakers team will go as far as Anthony Davis goes. If he continues this this inconsistency, then that's how this season will go. But if AD can string together some games and put his heart, put his mind out there, then I think this Lakers team can honestly. Um, I don't think no one's in the, in the West is really messing with Denver. I'm just going to be honest, whether Lakers fan or not, I'm just being real. Gerald talked about being a realist earlier. I don't think anyone's messing with the Denver Nuggets. But if AD can 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 string together some great games, I think we're the team right there that can at least give him a shot. Lakers win 106 to 103. They now are 13 and nine on the season. 
fourth place in the Western Conference, first place in the Pacific Division. Joe, do you concur with what John was saying? Uh, he's saying a lot of good things out there, realistic things about the where the Lakers could stand in the Western Conference. Yeah, I, I heard uh, Tim Legler say something today that made sense, too. He said they were asking who, which team is better, Phoenix or L.A., especially when it comes to Denver. He said it's a lot easier to pick someone with Anthony Davis on the team. I know Anthony Davis has an issue with being consistent, but they were talking more towards the end of the year. If, you know, they're in the playoffs, he would feel more comfortable with Anthony Davis down on the block than Nurkic, which made sense. And the way I look at this uh, setup so far is we're probably going to know around end, probably around the end of January if LeBron has been used too much, if if he is, there's going to have to be something changed. There's going to need to be some kind of a change to, for the remaining of the next couple, or I should say the remaining two months plus, there's going to need to be some kind of adjustment. And it will probably be a little easier here in a month when when the Lakers don't have as rigorous a schedule as they've had at the beginning of the year. I, 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 that's really my kind of main concern. I'm starting to figure out what they're doing right now. I know that they're still doing the missed layup stuff and Darvin Ham keeps throwing Torian Prince out there, but I don't know if that's necessarily detrimental to the point where the Lakers can't win. But I, I do know that playing LeBron 40 minutes is not going to help uh, in the long run. And in talking about the Denver thing, uh, I, I'm actually hoping that the Lakers play Denver early in the playoffs. That might be that might help them too. If it goes the way it's going right now. And that's kind of how I'm basing it off of. Sorry, Minnesota. Sorry, New Orleans. I know you guys are playing out of your minds right now, but you guys haven't won dick your whole career, your whole life. Until you start winning something, I'll, I'll start taking you seriously. And I'm not talking about winning uh, during December. That doesn't count. Utah was in first place the first, what, month and a half last year, Sean? Yeah, so, sorry. You know, again, this is our, – our frustrations and our concerns are because we we know that this team can play better. And right now they're playing they're, – they're kind of slowly going up that escalator and going up and up and up. The only thing that could take them down is, again, exhaustion. So, if there's one thing I would – fix after tonight's game uh i'm not going to get into the torian prince thing i just want anthony davis to hit negative five footers on a more consistent basis that's the only thing i got out of this with frustration really because this game would have been put away if he makes those shots much much earlier he's six eleven, and he's just missing those bunnies just so many times joe i don't i don't I, I had said during the offseason, coaching staff, Phil Handy, should have had some kind of a drill where he has one of those football pads. And if you got to put pads around it just so that they don't have to worry, like you can hit them as hard as you can, they can fall, whatever, because we know AD likes to fall. But these guys got to do some kind of training where they can deal with contact under the rim. Train, train for that. that. That is something that would work. Uh, other than that, I I cannot fault this team for playing the way they played. Their defense was 
phenomenal for four quarters. And and and, and by the way, Gerald, the the referees didn't have to grant LeBron a timeout there. They could yeah. have consulted each other and said the ball was loose and uh, it's going to be a jump ball, but they didn't. They didn't. And so when the last two minute report comes out, it's going to say that th- it was an illegal timeout and the Lakers shouldn't have possessed the ball. For what's for what it's worth, Booker reared, literally reared Austin Reeves to, to go down. So that was a no call on that. And and to me, it evened out, especially after that. Well, I mean, you, when the ball when the balls when the balls loose like that, you can't grant possession of one team first. Oh of no, they had the and, ball first, and, and, and all then, and all, th- and all three of them. All no, when the ball was rolling out of bounds. I'm not that's talking about, when, that. I'm talking about I think Joe, Joe was talking about for, like when Oscar was then, when first got the, got the first bump. There was yeah. an initial bump. Booker bumped yeah. him, and then that's when he fell to the ground and then yeah. lost the ball. Which I which I which I agree. And a lot of times, like uh, we see in the NBA, like refs will like damn like make up a call for for another call. And like, man, maybe that was something that you know, they seen, like, all right, that Devin Booker, that Devin Booker bump sh- probably should have been called, but we won't call it. And then that oh, you know, they're that not gonna, they're not gonna kick him out of the game at that point. You talking about Devin Booker or yeah, yeah, because he had five fouls at that point. He did have five fouls. That is that is a good point. Magic Man, I know you were bringing up some very interesting statistics over the past 24 hours, and I really wanted to compliment you on that. Uh, if you wanted to go more in detail on how that might have worked out as far as for today's game, you can go ahead and correlate if you want. But the time is yours now, right now, my friend, as far as how you would what you're seeing as far as in the statistics and, analy- and analytics and how it you know relates to when the Lakers are now after such a great victory. Yeah, so uh, what's interesting, Gerald, is that uh, we were ta- tr- um, just pointing out yesterday that um, the as much as run differential in baseball is a predictor for future success, the point differential in basketball is much as a predictor for su- future success in the NBA. Um, I'll, I'll post uh, a, a couple links from Reddit and... Um, Another another link from uh, from a a man from Stanford who basically the whole the whole point is that uh, when you look at LeBron AD specifically their top ten in free throw attempts their top ten in field goal percentage LeBron's uptick in defensive performances combined with a lower turnover rate uh, it's indicative of two things are happening for the Lakers and it's going to lead to one. So either they've plateaued, which says that LeBron AD can't go another level, right? And the Lakers kind of stay where they are, especially with their point differential or they're, or they haven't peaked yet. And if you're going to look at the, the record versus where the Lakers um, basically advanced analytics go it tells you, Gerald, that the Lakers likely haven't peaked yet. They've needed reinforcements to just kind of reinforce that. And I think this game is kind of indicative of that. You basically had a 19-point swing when you brought in Jared Vanderbilt the first time. Like, the, the Lakers were up 15 almost in about four minutes. Flip side, Gerald, Ham really didn't adjust in that third quarter, did he? And it was a 14-0 run. 
And so it swung the other way. So we or just like need... when he took a LeBron out. Remember, he took LeBron out in the second quarter and they went on a run then, too. Yeah. Um, and uh, just for uh, reference purposes here, what was LeBron's plus minus tonight? Uh, LeBron's plus minus tonight, as I'm looking forward right now, is plus 12, just to let you plus know. Plus 12. Okay. So he's a plus 83 coming into this game, and now he's a plus 95. And we played 22 games. You're talking about a Lakers team that's almost four and a half points plus with him on the floor, Gerald, at almost 39 years old. Like, <laughs> that's what I keep saying. But the biggest number for me, though, Sean, is 40, like Joe said. 40 minutes tonight. Gerald, uh, again, he can't, if, if he, if like, so Herb what Jones. What did I say? I mean, oh, let Herb me just, jo- it's my Yeah, post. Herb Jones uh, is going to be all over him. Yeah. On the seventh, Gerald, he can't play 40 minutes. It's not, it, the result won't be the same. You're, you're, you're borrowing from Peter to pay Paul, you know, at what point in time does the candle stop burning at both ends in regards to that? And I can see what Joe's saying in regards to that, but magic man. Yeah, definitely. Some, you just got to look at the analytics closer like you are in order to appreciate exactly what's going on with the Lakers. But Joe, it is a great victory. The Lakers head to Vegas now in the semifinals. Uh, What do you see as far as, let's just get a little bit started for you. We'll obviously go into more detail here. Uh, you know, obviously tomorrow we'll go into a little bit more detail on that. But your thoughts, my friend, as we head into Vegas for a semifinal matchup against the New Orleans Pelicans. I can see the Lakers finishing that game as well. The issue is going to be if they face Milwaukee in the finals. They're playing pretty well. And or Indiana can... and a track meet. How about a track meet? Uh, against... Indiana doesn't play defense at all. Uh, and I trust the Lakers defense to contain their offense enough to where we can play enough offense to probably win that one. They're score they're almost scoring 130 points a game. Nobody's been able to contain them. Hmm. Yeah. Well that's gonna change. <laughs> well they haven't faced Anthony Davis yet, so here we go. Yeah, that's a well, good I, way to say it, Joe. Don't you want don't you want to, you know, all your positivity crap that you were saying at the end of the game? <laughs> Uh, Envy twenty two thirteen. Envy asking. Uh, you said. Like, you said F. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Gerald. I didn't mean to say that. You said Sean, F like twenty times in a row. Ra 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 ra. Arthur, thank just you. Not for on the this. Chat. Just not on this program. Truly appreciate the super chats by both you and also as well. Just truly appreciate the super chats tonight. Just absolutely amazing. Uh, John, <laughs> let me bring it back in here. Arthur Johnson says Cam has no offense, none. In fact, his offense was offensive. It's not pretty. But his defense today, I really think, uh, was a big reason why, especially in that first quarter, why the Lakers got the victory tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, Arthur, you're right. I mean, Cam definitely wasn't wasn't a positive on offense to, on offense tonight. And I mean, good thing we didn't bring him in for for, for an offense. Good thing we didn't bring him in, relying him for, to, to to have like that offensive uh, spurt. We brought him in for exactly what what he did and exactly what you just talked about, Joe. To be that, to be that that defender, to be that guy that will um will be able to be a Jared Vanderbilt 2.0 in in a way. Maybe not, maybe not as great as Jared Vanderbilt. We know how we know what like what he does for this team and what he provides for us defensively. Um, but 
I mean, I think that as far as like Cam Reddish, like you got, you kind of got to live and die with these bad offensive games, man, because it's like, we're not bringing you in to, to, to be that offensive guy. So if you do that, great. If you don't, play your role and do it and, and, and do what you got to do. So that's how I feel about Cam. And I mean, Gerald, we, we were talking about it earlier, how, um, how much like I actually think out of, out of all the offseason additions and I, I'd love to, you know, get your thoughts, Joe and, and Sean of like, you know, the offseason additions of like from, for me so far has been Cam. Cam's been my guy, but all personal favorite, but also like has made the most impact. I know we haven't seen, got to see Gabe and, and whatnot to for an extensive amount of time. But, um, but tonight, I mean, yeah, Cam Reddish offensive was 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 uh, was scary, but it, it, we we got the win done. John, you know how to piss people off. Say it's <laughs> Torian Prince. That's the best. Yes, that'll get people started here in the chat right here. It is not Torian Prince. I'm kidding on that one, everyone. But yes, uh, I'll tell you what. Cam Reddish has exceeded our expectations for someone who we thought was going to be the twelfth guy coming off the bench. In fact, we thought JHS was going to get more burn than him. Uh, we really are, are thankful that he has come and provided so much versatility on the defensive end. And he showed it tonight uh, playing up on both Booker and also at times KD as well. But Magic Man, uh, you know, that's John's, what he's saying is right. Cam registers, but it's also the versatil- versatility. When you get Cam, you get Vando in there, you bring in Rui for some spots it just provides the versatility. You have these fresh bodies. You have these healthy bodies coming in there that provides you length, provides you reach. And we saw the effects of that, especially in that first quarter, Magic Man. Yeah, yeah, Gerald, especially. Um, it was it was a full versatile on display. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree a little bit. I think um, New Orleans has a little. bit bit more of a finesse to their squad than say Phoenix does where they're more like straight up role players who have a defined role. New Orleans has a, a different different mix, Gerald. I think the, the Lakers versatility will be on display again. Just I feel you know kind of in a different way. Phoenix loves to employ the Booker with the high screening role. So we've got the length to combat that, Gerald. But as you said, Vogel made adjustments. Um, he dared he dared AD to show at times. And uh, on recovery, Prince and uh, at, at times D'Lo were, was lost. So it's it, it really depends on the scheme, man. Like uh, we know that, you know, Ham was limited. We talked about this on playback before. He was kind of limited with what kind of defensive schemes he could run um, with without uh, Vando and uh, and Rui. And saw it tonight. He he mixed up different he mixed up different different styles. And uh, I think that that that's going to play to their strengths. Like you know, I agree with John. I would say Cam's the best pickup. And at this point in time, it's like. It's you could flip a coin on who's a better point of attack defender, whether it's Cam or Vando. I would say Cam's a little bit more aggressive. Vando's a little bit more wait and see, but they both play it to the hilt. Um, so with KD, especially drill, I know a lot of people loved Vando and Booker last year. I did as well, but I really liked what I saw with Vando on KD this year. Which uh, which bodes well because if they do want to play that high screen and roll, 
uh, piddling you-know-what. At least we've got AD and Cam Reddish on the other side. So there's actually help, and there was better communication in that first quarter, Gerald. So when you see that happening, Joe, and you see the way that they play the first quarter, do you think this is going to be something that can be sustainable, let's say, over the next uh, couple weeks, Let's get say say up into the Boston game. Can the Lakers turn up even more and get uh, you know just basically a lot more comfortable as far as maybe just like not only just first place in the Pacific Division, but also as well get a little bit higher up in the Western Conference. Probably not. It's very hard to play defense consistently game in and game out in today's NBA. Teams are too good. Teams play too fast. We just saw the Lakers shoot a hundred and two times. I seriously, I don't know. Unless I just haven't been paying attention to the stats, when was the last time the Lakers shot over 100 times in a game? And this wasn't even an overtime game. This was a regulation game. A short, uh, I'm sorry, a relatively low-scoring game to boot. So I I just, it's just not, it's not realistic to think that they can do this, especially when you have AD who tends to, Check out certain games, certain quarters, certain halves. Uh, the other thing is you have LeBron who's in his 21st season. If you had told me it was AD in 2016 and LeBron in 2012, I could see it happening. But the the defensive stalwarts like Cam Reddish and Jared Vanderbilt don't shoot well enough to be able to sustain it either. Because at some point a good team's going to scheme around Cam and Jared, just like how they did tonight to some degree. Jared was nowhere to be found in the second half because he can't shoot. Uh, and then, of course, Reddish was the only guy that was a little bit better than Jared in terms of shooting, even though he didn't shoot well. But you still kind of have that defense and that guard play that you need there as well. The Lakers are going to have to figure out a way to really – preserve themselves, especially LeBron and AD, and still get a fourth seed or higher. I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know what kind of luck they need, but that's really essentially what I'm looking at with this team. If they get a fourth seed, right, like what they are, where they are right now, and LeBron and AD aren't taxed, especially LeBron, there is a very good chance they can make a run. Because this team is good enough to play defense. And in the, in the playoffs, when the half-court offense turns into, you know, a little bit tougher situation, then then you have a shot. Despite the isolation issues the Lakers have, they are getting a little bit uh, past that. Now that Austin Reeves is kind of coming back to, to form, there there could be a, a solution there during the playoffs, especially if he's making the shots he's making right now. It, it's it's we're in the I don't know stage. I'd, I'd say our our pessimistic outlook a few weeks ago is starting to swing back to optimism, uh, and it, and I guess the the crowd was right. El Rob was right that you know getting Jared Vanderbilt back and some of these guys that and Reddish from his minor injury has helped the defense tremendously. And if this is going to be that team that's going to stop you instead of outscore you, okay. I, I, I'll take it any way we can get it. We actually uh, out-rebounded the Suns, 45 to 44. And that was uh, the 21 biggest. 21 offensive rebounds to eight. That was eight. the biggest. That, today's game, you physically saw, you, you saw 
them going after rebounds for the first time this year. I hadn't seen them that aggressive on, on those rebounds. I don't know if they realize, hey, if you give these guys a second chance, they're going to kill you, which is, by the way, they did. Every time the ball bounced their way, it's like three. It was like threes would come right after it. So any good team that gets a second shot usually is going to make that shot. And it's just a – it was a really weird – it's a it's a statistic anomaly tonight. The Lakers should have lost tonight based off the statistics. Even with 20 turnovers by the opponent. I've seen plenty of games where teams turn the ball over 20 times, but they weren't outshot by 27 shots. Golden State nuts. usually does is a specialty at it. You know that of you know committing so many turnovers yet still winning. That was the game. back back when they were in the championships. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't I don't. You just don't see games like that, especially if if it play you know like a Laker team that can't shoot. Yeah, it was a really weird game. AD had a negative one plus minus, which I don't. I, I the more and more I look at the plus minus, the more I realize that might not mean anything anymore. <laughs> Joe, well, once again, oh, let me just say this. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 106 to 103. John Costa's here from the Lakers corner. Please like and subscribe everything that he does on his YouTube channel. Also as well, Magic Man Sean Grice and Joe Soro. Thanks so much for watching and listening. It's Gerald Glassford as well. John, you had a question for us, my friend. The floor is now yours. Yes, yes. And Gerald, I, I, I got your opinion on this earlier. And I definitely want, now that we you know we got the whole panel and whole group here with us, I want to, you know, see how everybody else is feeling. Joe, you know, you talked about how, you know, LeBron James and playing 40 minutes is not sustainable. And absolutely agree. The man's about to be 39 at the end of December here. Um, but then, you know, that, that, that burdens the question of like, the biggest question around the Lakers is, you know, do you go for that third star? Do you go for that, you know, that big, that big name player, which, you know, yes, it would bring a, a extra splash, but it also give the Lakers, you know, give the Lakers, you know, that leeway of allowing LeBron to not have to play so many, so many minutes in these games. So to you guys, like, what's your take on that? Do we go for that third star? How do you guys feel about that? You want to answer it first, Sean? No, you go ahead, Joe. Okay. You just trust to you. How's this going to play out? The only attainable third star right now is, is, is the guy up in Chicago I'm talking about Levine. The problem with that is his contract. The Lakers would have to probably throw in an Austin Reeves to make that work with Rui. And then of course they would have to say yes. Now, the other thing I was thinking about with this, third guy i don't know necessarily if we need a third star than more so a third option we don't have a third scoring option on this team so my small percentage of hope sorry gerald uh is somehow figuring out how to get a third team involved in this because i think chicago would want more capital Getting a third team and going after Caruso and DeRozan. And then also taking on Lonzo's contract because that would be the incentive for them. You might not need a third team. I think there might be if the Lakers don't want to pay as much money, blah, blah, blah. But there's a that, that particular trade is the only one I can see where you kind of go all out 
and you know you got to eat a little dirt from it. But, man, do you give your team a shot at winning the title this year. Imagine DeRosa. I know DeRosa can't hit from deep, but you don't need it when he's 50% from, 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 uh, from two. That would help a lot. And then, of course, you bring in another guy that could play defense on top of that because you'll – it's just it, – it, it, I, don't, I don't know any other third guy that would, that would be able to get here on a, on a normal trade. I just don't I – don't, I don't see anybody out there that would, that would warrant uh, anything that we need. And that's, that's kind of how I look at it. DeRozan, Caruso, Lonzo Ball, Lakers send a package – Hopefully not Austin Reeves, maybe Rui, and then sit, you know, and then at that point, you go after it. You go after it. And you have a, a, a guy that can hit timely threes with Caruso, play lockdown defense, and then you have DeRozan, who's a bona fide third option. And your third option with DeRozan is huge, huge. Now when LeBron sits, you don't have to worry about points not being scored. It's it's that's the one I'm looking at right now. That's the one I'm feeling. You do that trade somehow. And you don't lose any of the integral parts like Austin Reeves. Yeah, you're 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 looking like you're you're giving yourself a shot and depth. Sean, feel the same way. Um, similar, 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 my friend. Yes, yes, sir. I yeah, I would try and up, upgrade what you've got without. I I'm with Joe. I don't think you need that necessarily that third star, but a third option couple couple guys are out there um you know if you could kill two birds with one stone like joe was saying that caruso derozan trade it's not terrible i'm i i don't love it uh particularly because i think you know phoenix tried to run that game on denver last year i think if the lakers had derozan it would be a lot of uh mid-range and pinch post offense that um I know I, I I just don't see us stemming the tide with Den, Denver if that's the case, but I'm looking I'm looking at definitely upgrading the backcourt, uh, John. If uh, and I mean there there's a couple guys like I would really try and pick the bones of of the Wizards, the Bulls, the Hornets. I would I would keep making calls on guys and they got to get healthy, but and Detroit as well. Guys like Monte Morris. DeLon Wright, both of those guys are defensive-minded. Morris is more of the playmaker. Wright's more of the shooter. Uh, I think either one of those would help the Lakers, especially, as Joe was saying, in the half court. The guy I'd really love on the Lakers is P.J. Washington. If uh, if if you called up Charlotte and they said, yeah, we'll give you P.J. for you know Austin Reeves and, and Torian Prince in a first, I'd do that right away. I think that guy is the best player on a bad team that can help a contender win a championship. And aside from the, as for the bulls, you might be able to get uh, IO as well, Gerald. Like that guy is a winning basketball player. He is, he is a Bruce Brown on a bad team. And I think that guy would help immensely. Excellent thoughts there. Yeah, John, uh, and then you've already went in library. Actually, tell tell everybody out there your thoughts on getting a third superstar. Is that what needed? You know, is that the missing link right now for the Los Angeles Lakers, in your opinion? 
I mean, in my opinion, it's it's not the missing link. I mean, you guys, uh, I really don't need to, you know, beat a dead horse. You guys said it best that it's like it's not necessarily about bringing in bringing in that third star. I think earlier Joe said like if we can just get anywhere of like that three to fourth seed, like we'll we're good. LeBron and AD can take us home. So it's really just about getting there. We're not necessarily worried about being that being that number one or number or number two seed. So. Bringing a third star, like I don't, I don't think it's it's worth it because exactly of like we're gonna give up our depth, right? And then, and Gerald, we were talking about this earlier of like how much the Lakers were so good last year, not because LeBron and AD were just the most dominant duo. They were very good, and they, you know, when they go to the most unstoppable play in the NBA, which I believe still to this day is LeBron and AD pick and roll, they can go to that and they'll they'll eat on that. But the reason why the Lakers made that Western Conference Finals run last year is because we were so deep. You didn't know if you were going to get a 20-point game from Rui, from AR. You didn't know what you were going to get from D'Lo. Every night, you didn't know who was, who was going to step up. And I think this year, in 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 theory, this team it got deeper, like on paper. And maybe you know, it's only 20, 22 games in, they haven't yet like put it put it all put it on all down. But in theory, this team only got deeper. And if we were to do a trade for a third star or like another like big or another like big time player, even maybe not even like a superstar, um, I feel like we would have to sacrifice that depth and. On the team, having LeBron James, who's 38, about to be 39, you don't want to sacrifice depth because just in case he needs a week, he needs a couple of days. You don't want to sacrifice depth on a team where Anthony Davis, like Joe said earlier, this this man just likes to fall. Like it's like what he likes to do, I guess. So, um, and and when you have him, you need to have you know reliable backup players. So I I personally would say I'm a, I'm good on on that third star, and I'd rather just keep the deepness of this team. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 106 to 103. They're now 13 to 9 on the season. First place in the Pacific Division, fourth place in the Western Conference, and they get a trip to Vegas to face the New Orleans Pelicans Thursday night right here on Playback. Playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. Join us for all the fun merriment like we had tonight. You missed a hell of a party right there on Playback. Magic Man, I'm going to hand it back over to you. When you see this Lakers team do what they're doing tonight, playing against one of the best teams in the NBA, a team that was up there here in Vegas, as far as the odds are concerned, what kind of confidence does that give you the rest of the season? Um, Well, you, Gerald, uh, I guess it's something about just this in-season tournament that uh, sparked uh, the extra competitive juices. Don't really expect... Um, that kind of stained synergistic uh, defensive effort, but that's what you get with uh, Jared Vanderbilt coming back. It, it wasn't just a spark on the boards. It was a spark with the, the mentality. And quite frankly, you know, pockets can, can look at all the, the spreadsheets he wants. 
um, Torian Prince is not going to eventually start shooting 60% from uh, three, Gerald, and uh, he's not going to turn into Alvin Robertson overnight. That's never going to happen. So it's best for everybody if he just goes with it and learns to love the, the wing lineup instead of the three-guard lineup. Let's go. I mean, Cam Reddish, Vando, LeBron, let's just go with the wing lineup here. It worked really effectively. And by the way, Jackson Hayes should get more minutes at this point, Gerald. He was really effective in the minutes he played, and I think he's a better fit with the wings as opposed to Christian Wood. I don't think Wood's spacing has been great at all since one game, Gerald, where he shot the ball well from, from beyond the arc. Outside of that, we've gotten the really bad of Christian Wood, especially defensively, and it just feels like Hayes is a better fit, especially with the with his length playing opposite of either uh, Reddish and Rui or Vando on the, on the weak side. So <clears throat> overall, I think, Look, right now they have the sixth best defensive rating. Can they get can they get up to where Boston and Minnesota are? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think they can they could be as steady as she goes in the top 10. It's just that offense, Gerald. It's the offense. A middling offense has never been able to reach the NBA finals. We had a middling offense last year. The best we could do was the Western Conference Finals. The offense needs to be better. So, Joe, let me ask you this. Magic Man made it some excellent points, and so did John. What can the Lakers do just to go ahead and right now build a more off, a fluid offense? You know, just offensively, they've got a lot of challenges there. So what can they do to go ahead and construct a better offense going forward now that they have virtually everyone back? They can't, unfortunately. D'Lo is not a consistent enough scorer on this team. And Austin Reeves can be neutralized uh, if if the team that they're facing burns them out on defense. The Lakers need a third scorer. They need a third scorer uh, if they want to. They could get through it, but it's just going to be very, very tough. A few things would have to go their way. They, they need a third they need a third score before the dread, the deadline is over. I, I, I've come to that conclusion when it comes to offense. Now, if if AD can make his layups and they can play defense like this and then pick their spots, again, that's the small part where they could get, get through it. But even the 2020 team, when they were playing defense game in and game out, they still had guys like KCP. Even when he went through a drought, he always kind of came back and hit timely shots. And obviously Caruso – did the same thing. And don't let's not forget Rondo turned into a, a three-point magician. The, the, that that whole I, – I still forget about Rondo in that run. I keep talking about KCP and Caruso and, and, and Kuzma and then not realize, wait a minute, Rondo was the guy making non-three-pointers out of, out of nowhere, nonstop. I mean, you had no, no shot at that point beating that team if that guy was making shots. So we have to have guys that make timely shots – from that location, game in and game out, uh, just have them take turns. But they're going to have to go find that guy, I think. I don't think they have that guy on the roster. And, Joe, you said you said we got to go get that guy. 
I Gerald told me earlier his his opinion on this. Is there, is there any play, like is there any untouchables on this team? Is there anybody that's off limits for us to be able to go get that guy? No, if they trade if they stay, if they trade Austin Reeves, it it would probably go for a legitimate third star. Okay. Uh, it would be a combination Austin of, Rui package. Yeah, Austin and Rui package because of their their salaries, and then you you would if somebody wanted Vando to, to for a big contract, you you'd probably have to throw him in there. But then you're kind of going back again on reducing your your depth again, and then going after the third star, which I wouldn't do that. What 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 we need is we need the Lakers need to play it by ear right now. And then once things start to settle, make a decision on what's presented. Chicago is the only team that makes sense in terms of getting any kind of option because of their situation. Their situation right now is it doesn't look like they're going to be competing this year and they're going to want to get assets at some point. But we're going to have the Lakers are going to have to take on some stuff here. That's the thing is, are they willing to take on uh, a dead contract like Lonzo Ball to get DeRozan and Caruso? That is that is the first one. P.J. Washington, uh, does does Kupchak want to help the Lakers? Probably not. But if that trade presents itself, that could be something very, very interesting as long as it's not Austin Reeves. Anyone Did he help the Lakers Reeves. when he was getting you-know-who and you-know-who? <laughs> Moskov and Ding kind of under the team. So this is interesting, Gerald. And uh, I watched a replay of it, and actually, they kind of have a point here. Question for the referee pool Why were the Lakers awarded a timeout when it appeared that they did not have possession of the ball? So the, the crew chief, Tivin. During live play, the official felt that L.A. still had possession of the ball when LeBron James requested the timeout. Through post-game video review in slow motion, it was determined we did see Austin Reeves had his left hand on the ball while it was pinned against his left leg, which does constitute control. So, There you have it. <laughs> there you have it. Argument puts a bed. <laughs> Just kidding. Again, the Phoenix got several calls tonight. So there's no way they should be angry because there's they've had several calls and there were several non-calls on the Lakers. And that's usually the course of the game, that there's quite a bit of calls that are missed. And that definitely is the case. But John, let me bring you back in here as far as is concerned as we close out the show tonight. I want to hear some final thoughts from you. And then also, where can they check out your great work on the Lakers corner and then everything you're doing, but let's hear your thoughts on what the Lakers can do going forward. And can they finish it off in the NBA cup going forward? Uh, I really think the Lakers just need to focus on uh, continuity, right? Just playing. We, we through, I mean, I feel like a theme throughout the show, at least like throughout the last couple of minutes has been is like, do you go for that third star? Or do you keep going with what you, with, 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 with what you got 22 games in and Hey, I'm a Lakers fan. So maybe there's, Maybe uh, I'm like how you guys say around here. Maybe I have my purple and gold shade, uh, glasses on, so maybe that's why I'm I'm saying this. But I think that 
with 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 the continuity with time this team can put it this team can put it together like i said you just you don't need to be top of top of the west but you just need to get there to where then lebron and a and ad can take you home uh but the biggest thing is like you know keeping keeping ad healthy which is a huge what if and being able to knock down these knock down these corner shots knock down these threes i mean a big part of the lakers offense is you know LeBron, LeBron James driving to the hoop, and then or, or you know D'Lo getting to the hoop and having shooters around them. Um, so the Lakers need to consistently be able to knock, 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 uh, knock down, uh, knock down that three-point shot. And I feel like you know with time you'll grow the continuity. Uh, like I said, in 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 on paper, this team is supposed to be is supposed to be deeper than what we had last year. So you keep rolling, you keep rolling with what you got, and you hope that you can get to you know the same same situation that you got to last year. But now you have an even deeper team that hopefully will you know take take you over the hump or at least just not get swept, right? And then um and then as far as and as far as like my my work, um I do have I do have two channels. I do have a the a Lakers Corner channel, uh which is uh strictly YouTube. Uh, you guys can check that out on YouTube. Um I talk all about the Lakers. Um really, you know, after post games, pre games, all that. Um just really just how you guys do it over here. I love I love the work you guys got going on. And then uh, another channel I got is right above me right here is Clutch Talk and that's just my NBA talk show. That's all things NBA. Um you know, that's for some people some people aren't you know Lakers lovers like like us. They don't want to hear all about the Lakers all the time. So for that, I have an alley, you know, an alleyway for that too. So and um for that that's on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and all that. But I appreciate you guys uh, having me on today. You're welcome back anytime. The red carpet is open for you, my friend. Truly appreciate it. And thank you for allowing me the honor to join your show. So hopefully people can check out my thoughts as well. Came in there realistic. So hopefully I'm just glad. I'm just glad that uh, in many ways that uh, I was proven wrong tonight with a very, very stalwart effort against the Phoenix Suns. And I'm glad to see that the Lakers are heading to Vegas after a great victory tonight, 106 to 103. But Magic Man, any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? Uh, go Lakers. Let's go. I want it now. Gerald, no, Gerald, I want it now. Look, Boston, <laughs> Boston choked. Boston choked. This is the new century. This is our century. They had their time. Fair enough. Could Do you know how long a century is, Gerald? Last time I checked, it's a hundred years. That's right. So they they had they had almost fifty. Being the man, now it's our turn. So we're gonna we're gonna go for it and try and win this inaugural in season tournament. <laughs> Got to find a better name. They have to find a better name, Sean. That's all I'll say. And the colors, the colors tonight, man, I still think it was a highlighter just all over the place. You guys said it was mustard, but I mean, yeah, I digress. But Joe, here we go. Any last thoughts before we head on out? I do, actually. You thought I was going to say no, huh? Yeah. Then I would have said no, but I wanted to be a dick and say the opposite. Which you are. So tonight was a very encouraging night. Even if they had lost this game, I saw some things that I hadn't seen all year. Number one being their aggressiveness on the boards. And I just, there's enough young guys on this team where they can play like that and be okay at the end of the year. 
And I'm hoping that they can level up a little bit more so that LeBron doesn't have to constantly put the pressure on himself to score and create the offense. In these kind of games against the Phoenixes, against the Milwaukee's, against the Denver's, I can I can roll with LeBron taking a lot of energy to those games. But can you guys please take pick up the slack against the other half of the league that stink so that LeBron and AD can continue to sit fourth quarters at least 10 more times this year? If you could do that, then I'll feel much better. But tonight, I was very, 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 very encouraged by how they played despite the missed layups, you know, that's part of the game. But overall, I was very, very happy on how they played from beginning to end. Even that little uh, start at the third quarter, you know, this is, you're not playing, you're playing a a megastar in Durant who's still got it. And you got a guy that, in Devin Booker, who scored 70 points in a game. You're not, you're not playing a bunch of rec guys here. You're talking about, a first ballot Hall of Fame MVP champion, and you're talking about a future Hall of Famer in Devin Booker in his prime prime. So you're you're you you did good tonight. You won, and you you won in a, in a lot of ways. The 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 way we want we want you to win. We want you to win by defense. We want you to be aggressive on the boards, and of course hit clutch shots because that's really what the league is. It's about those things, and they they did all of them and. LeBron, of course, having a vintage game. Uh, he's only adding to a legacy that's, in terms of accomplishment, that looks like it will never be matched. This is looking very, very much like a Tom Brady stat or a Jerry Rice stat for the future. There's no one, no one that's going to touch LeBron's stats, especially if he plays another two, three years like this. And enjoy it. As basketball fans, and we're just fortunate to have LeBron as a Laker, so we get to enjoy it even more. This is a uh, this is unprecedented. Beyond um, this is not hyperbole. This is unprecedented. No one in their twenty first season is doing has ever done anything like this. And I don't know if we'll see it again, at least for a while. Maybe in about thirty years, when players are bionic and can replace their limbs if they if they tear a knee or something. But there, this is this is. This is becoming historic, and you're going to be able to tell your sports friends and your sports grandkids and whatever, and your kids about how you saw these these games, and it, it's it's a it's it's going to be it's going to be good stories. Once again, it is the Lakers winning 106 to 103. They're now 13 to nine, first place in the Pacific Division, fourth place in the Western Conference, and also heading to Vegas. Vegas, baby. Viva Las Vegas, because it is the Lakers heading to Las Vegas for the semifinal matchup on Thursday against New Orleans. Go ahead and check it out with us at playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. And don't forget, tomorrow we'll prep that game on our regular Lakers snack pack. And then on Thursday, pregame. Then we've got after that, right during the game, we've got an awesome playback.tv watch party for you and then of course the best post game in town can only be had right here the lakers fast break podcast and again everybody in the chat room the world's best chat room that's out there right here at the lakers fast break i truly cannot thank you enough we had a really big crowd tonight truly cannot thank you enough for stopping by please if you haven't already please like and subscribe 
it'll go a long way to helping us here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. So for John, please go ahead and check out, again, Clutch Talk and the Lakers Corner, all both of his great channels, Magic Man, Sean Grice, Joe Soro, it's me, Joe Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. We'll be back tomorrow with more great content for you right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.